Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Jones, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In this episode, Housing Wire's senior mortgage reporter, Georgia Cromry, joins me to discuss last week's Supreme Court decision that found the structure of the Federal Housing Finance Agency unconstitutional, as well as what the removal and replacement of former FHFA director Mark Calabria could mean for the mortgage industry. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. At Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, We know your vision of success is unique to you. That's why your goals and our culture of support go hand in hand. We give you the tools and support you need to thrive and live your best life. Come home to Atlantic Bay. Visit joinatlanticbay.com to explore what's possible. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, NMLS number 72043, is an equal opportunity employer. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I am joined by Georgia Cromry. She is the senior mortgage reporter here at Housing Wire. Georgia, thanks for joining us on Monday Morning Cup of Coffee and Housing Wire Daily today. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to be discussing Mark Calabria's departure from the FHFA and some of the hottest topics that came out of the Housing Wire newsroom last week. But before we do that, Georgia, for our listeners who may not know you yet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So it's been a crazy news week. Um, I'm a bit tired. I think there have been seven breaking news stories in the last um, 48 hours. (laughs) So, but yes, I'm, I'm originally from Texas. Uh, I went to UT Austin for undergrad. I used to live in New York city, but um, the pandemic just kind of changed everything. And so um, like a lot of other people last year, I bought a house, um, moved to Vermont and I live here with my partner and two dogs And for the first time in our adult lives, we have a yard. I like to hike, camp, take nature walks, that sort of thing. Um, Like basically anything that's not in front of a computer, which is the other discipline I'm trained in besides journalism. Great. Yeah, a lot of breaking news, and we're going to definitely touch on that. And as I mentioned earlier, we're discussing some of the biggest stories that came out of the newsroom last week and those major headlines, like the Supreme Court finding the FHFA structure unconstitutional, as well as President Biden replacing FHFA Director Mark Calabria with Sandra Thompson. So, Georgia, you covered both of these stories, and I'd like for you if you could discuss them in depth with you. You know, let's focus on the Supreme Court's ruling first. Can you walk us through the Supreme Court's decision and its significance? Yeah, so these two stories are actually really uh, deeply connected, and I'll explain why. So this um, this case, um, Collins versus Yellen, it used to be Collins versus Muchen, but um, you know when when the Treasury Secretary changed, the the cases merged, so that caused a little bit of confusion. But um, this case has been brewing since 2013, um, and it wasn't totally resolved with the Supreme Court opinion. It's kind of unusual. It was a it was a mixed opinion. Um, some of the claims were remanded to a lower court. Um, but the, the case stems from basically the restructuring of the GSEs in, in 2008. Um, a group of GSE investors alleged that the government knew that they would turn a huge profit after the $100 billion, um, bailout from the Treasury in 2008. So um, 
you know, after after 2008, there was an agreement between FHFA and the Treasury um, promising investors compensation in the form of stock and dividends um, tied to how much they had invested in the companies. And it also gave them priority over the other shareholders and in, in getting their investment back. Um, but that agreement was renegotiated in 2012, and it, and it really did not favor the investors. Um, this is this is the if you've heard of the. Um, net worth sweep. It, it said that um, Fannie and Freddie had to pay dividends to the treasury pegged to um, the company's net worth. So this was a huge moneymaker for the federal government, right? Like it was spent on all kinds of things. Um, but it but the arrangement greatly diminished private investors' ownership interests in the GSEs, and they filed the suit in 2013. One of their claims is that the FHFA's structure was unconstitutional because the president could not um, fire the director at will, and that's really the part of the case that um, that that has had the most impact. So the um, the 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 court said that um, that the structure was unconstitutional, and in fact, the the president should be able to fire the FHFA director for any number of reasons, including you know if, if they're not aligned with the current administration's priorities or if they do a bad job or if they, you know, act in a way that is um, that, that is not smart or it, it gave all of these reasons that the president could remove the FHFA director. And as soon as that opinion came down, within hours, Biden did so. He uh, removed Calabria and and according to to reports, Calabria didn't go quietly. He didn't um, he didn't resign and, and you know, sort of gracefully step down until the last moment he was he was really trying to stay and even in his last statement that he issued to the press he talked about the dangers of uh, not building up the GSE's capital reserves and not buffering them against the next um, potential economic downturn so really like re really pushing back against the Biden administration nevertheless um, he was removed and um, hours later, Sandra Thompson, a veteran regulator and, you know, really a someone that's regarded as a steady, experienced hand, was installed by Biden as the acting director of the FHFA. All right. So last week, following Calabria's departure from the FHFA, the Biden administration appointed Sandra Thompson as the acting director. So how do you think Thompson's approach towards the GSCs will likely differ from Calabria's? Yeah, so um we what we know is so so first of all Calabria was he was really focused on building up the GSE's capital reserves um and reducing their footprint in the market um and this was all kind of um in service to his his goal of taking the GSEs out of their now 13 year conservatorship and that was a really big deal um that would have you know real really changed the amount of really really the amount of power that the um that the federal government has over the housing market whereas right now while they're in conservatorship um, they they can really just exert a lot of in, influence over how mortgages are priced and credit availability and 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 all of these different different things, right? So so that was a really big deal. And now what we know about Thompson so far is um, like as I said, the industry regards her as a steady, experienced hand. She's she's a veteran regulator. Um, up until being acting director, she led the FHFA's housing and um, regulatory policy and research for Fannie Mae, 
um, and Freddie Mac and the federal home loan banks. Um, so she's been in that. So she's been there for a while. She's been at FHFA since um, since uh, 2013. But before that, she had a long career at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. She was there for um, 23 years, and she was one of she was one of three deputy directors at FHFA um, who could have been chosen um, to be acting director. There's there's a statute that that says that in the event that the acting director or in the event that the director um, resigns or is removed or something, it has to be one of those three people. So so it was not super surprising that she was. Um, she was appointed, but um, but one thing, you know, one one clue or something that could help us kind of understand what her priorities are going to be is her first public statement after assuming the role of acting director of FHFA was to to talk about um, housing inequality. She said there's a there's a widespread lack of affordable housing and access to credit, especially in communities of color, and she really sees it as FHFA's duty to um, to, to to make sure that. Um, people have access to safe, decent, and affordable housing. That stands in sharp contrast to Calabria's kind of, you know, an, an incessant, um, you know, constant focus on protecting the GSEs from risk. And, you know, it, it, data shows that that was, that was in, in large part um, done by mostly serving um, higher income white borrowers and wealthier whiter communities. Then data shows from 2020 that, um, you know, the, the purchase mortgages overwhelmingly went to, um, to those borrowers rather than, than borrowers of color. So, um, so, so it's important. Um, And, and it, it shows that maybe there is a, a big difference between their priorities. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, so far, Georgia, what has the mortgage industry's reaction been to the Supreme Court's ruling and Biden's new appointee? Yeah, so I I, I think um, I, I think they're very interested, of course, in whoever is in that role. Um, so far, it seems that the industry likes her. Um, you know, she is very aligned with the. She seems to be very aligned with the Biden administration's um, focus on equity and inclusion. But, but lenders lenders have have already been like the industry is being very proactive. So lenders have already asked um, Sandra Thompson and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen to reverse a lot of the controversial actions, um, especially in the last year from the FHFA. So they're not wasting any time. They're already telling her what their priorities are and what they would like for her to immediately address. Um, That includes the the cap on investor homes, the cap on um, so-called higher risk loans. Um, But, you know, we can expect that they have a lot more to say, including, you know, maybe the um, the adverse market fee from last year, which they said isn't really an adverse market fee. It's just something to help Fannie and Freddie build up their reserves. Um, so that's that's what we know so far. All right. Yeah, we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on all those topics that you just pointed out. But before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can go to read your stories that you're currently working on? And is there anything else that you'd like to share today? Yeah, so I am working on a number of follow-ups to the big news of, of this week, all of the news stories of this week. But, you know, the, with all of the personnel changes and nominations of the past week, there are still a few things that um, that that we're waiting on. So, um, so for instance, Rohit Chopra was nominated to the CFPB months ago, but 
Um, but his appointment has been held up in Congress. But Biden yesterday um, appointed or nom- he nominated um, the current acting director of the CFPB to HUD. And so that might signal that there's going to be some movement on Chopra's uh, Senate confirmation. It already came to a vote in committee, but since it was a tie, now it has to go to the Senate floor and there might be some deal um, in the background um, between the Senate and Biden to you know, green light his, his nomination and, and, and let Chopra assume the role at CFPB. Um, I'm also gonna be taking a look at what else lenders want the FHFA and Treasury to address right now, um, as well as, you know, um, Sandra Thompson is at the helm for now of FHFA, but um, we still don't have a permanent FHFA director. So I'll be looking at who that might be. All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another recording of Monday Morning Cup of Coffee. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next Monday. Until then, you can check out Housing Wire Daily. You don't want to miss out on all the amazing interviews that we have planned for this week. Georgia, thanks again for your time today and thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. Thanks, Victoria. Absolutely. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow. Tomorrow.